It was February 1975. Anthony was given an official release from the Marines after almost five years in Vietnam and after spending time in the DC Memorial Hospital Psychiatric Ward. You're out of the DC Memorial Psychiatric Ward. You're finally home. You survived the war. Right. How do you feel? I feel fucking good. <laughs> the guy's got a sense of humour. And that other voice you heard is our man in New York, Hux. He helped us put this all together. There were countless hours of recordings with Anthony and over 500 gigabytes of video content to sift through. I had a friend of mine, Philip Esco, who worked for Paramount Pictures, and he got in touch with me one day. He said, I'm coming into Brooklyn. I want to speak to you. He says, all right, what's up? Comes in, he says, I need a club. He goes, we're going to film a movie. It's going to be called Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta and uh, Donna Pescal. Saturday Night Fever. A film so iconic it is still referenced in modern media today. The dance moves, the hair, and the groovy guitar lick of the BG's classic, Staying Alive. Like any great movie, the effort of the crew behind the scenes are seldom recognised. Let me see what I can do. Now, there was a guy, Charlie Rusnick. He had a club in Brooklyn called the 802 Club. Big fuck club. It was a dinner club. That was the only club. It was famous because he had a stainless steel dance floor. The only club that ever had it. Now, when you walked in, you would go down the steps. There was a service bar over here. Right in front of you, there was the cold room. When you went in to the left, you went in. There was a stage, a bar, and there was three balconies and seating all over the place. I mean, the place was fucking gorgeous. So I brought Philip up there. He looked at the place, he loved it. He says, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. He says, we're going to take the stainless steel dance floor and move it to the second balcony, and we're going to put a plexiglass dance floor up this high above the ground with all the lights and everything under it. And we're going to do some decorating in the place. It's Charlie, you're making a score over here. Your place is going to become famous with this. There's no problem. You guys put the deal together. Sounds simple enough. Get the deal done, get the club looking schmick, get the crew in, and everyone wins. Yeah, <laughs> right. We're back in Brooklyn. It's 1976. My cousin Anthony calls me up. He says, come on down to Florida because you got money to pick up from the bingo parlors. And we had discussed, you know, we had discussed a little bit of business. I said, Philip, I'm going to be gone about four days. You know, I want to get the money and I didn't want to relax in the sun. I go down and see my cousin Anthony. I'm telling him about the story. And my cousin is with me. My cousin Mac is with me. We pick up the money, relax in the sun, get on the plane, four or five days later, come back. I see Philip. He goes, I says, well, you know, he said, he goes, Anthony says, you know, uh, I didn't want to get in the middle of it. I didn't know. I said, you know what, Philip? He says, you know, I didn't know that I can't film it in the 802 club. What are you talking about? He goes, well, I'm going to film it in the Derby Club. I said, where did this all come about? He goes, you know, I seen Cosmo and them, and they said I had to film it over there, and their bosses. I says, Philip, relax. I'll straighten this all out. I said, I said, give me the tomorrow. I'll straighten it all out. I got Mikey the Bear. I got my friend Eddie B., Eddie Barbero. And I got another friend of mine, Allie. I said, take a ride with me. So I'm going down to the Derby Club. I want to see Cosmo. What happened? I was telling them what was going on. I said, okay. We walk in. 
and I got the three guys with me. I see all the bouncers. The bouncers knew something was up as soon as I walked in. I told my guys, any one of these motherfuckers tries to put a hand on me, I said, put a bullet in them. The bouncers heard that. They knew I wasn't there for no fucking joke. I walk over, hey, Cosmo, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I said, nice, nice, okay. I was doing you. Good. I said, Cosmo, let me ask you a question. Yeah, what? Said, Who the fuck are you going to go to my guy and tell me he's got to film Saturday Night Fever in your fucking joint here? Who the fuck you think you're talking? I'm talking to you. What do you mean who the fuck I think I'm talking to? You know who I am? Yeah, you're nobody. Your father is somebody. You're nothing. Who the fuck you think you are? One thing led to another. I grabbed him by his fucking balls. I cracked him in the fucking face. I gave him a fucking beating. I said, you come near my fucking guy again. I said, I'll put you underneath the wheels of my fucking car. That's my fucking deal. You stay the fuck out of it. As we know, you had to be a pretty brave man to get between Anthony and a good deal. Anthony confirmed with Philip that the club was good to host the filming of Saturday Night Fever. Cosmo, the son of a made man, was reeling from the beating. Anthony would endure further problems. I get a call from Alley Boy, and I go down there, what's the matter? The old man Vincenzo got in touch with him, there's a sit down, because I fucked his son up. He says, what happened? I told him. Fuck him, let's go down. I go down, I see the old man Vincenzo, now, a guy knows me, so I'm a baby. He says, Anthony, what's going on with you? And Cosmo's there with fucking black eye, bruises, some tooth is fucking hanging out of his fucking head, a black and blue. And I'm telling him, he says, what about you? That's my son. I, you know, we've been friends since you were a baby. I said, Vincenzo, listen to me. This is what your son done. And I told him what he'd done about the club. He says, he did that? You can prove it? I says, yeah. I said, I'll get Philip down there. I called Philip. I said, Philip, come down. I said, here's where you're going to come to. He comes in. He came in, hey, Arberry, okay, introduced me to everybody. I says, tell my friend what Cosmo did. And he seen Cosmo. Cosmo's all fucked up. Philip told Cosmo. Philip told the father. He said, this is what happened. He told him. Father gets up. He says, all right. He goes, Anthony, I want to apologize. He goes, you know, my son's a little off in the fucking head. He goes, but make your movie. I hope you make millions with it. Nobody's going to bother you. Sorry, Vince. I said, Vincenzo, I don't want no hard feelings. We've been friends since I'm a baby. And yeah, really, I couldn't give a fuck one way or the other if he was going to have hard feelings with me. But that's my fucking thing. You don't take from me. This bit threw me. For the average Joe, like myself, most people would be livid, irate about their son getting a beating. Some would even want to beat up on that person themselves. But as I came to learn, there's a hierarchy in the mafia. Even when your own blood is beaten to a pulp, Sometimes you just have to shake it off and respect where you stood in the pecking order. Anthony was a top dog. No one would fuck with him. The deal for Saturday Night Fever was signed, sealed and delivered. So we're going to do a short detour. In 1976, a serial killer known as Son of Sam was terrorising New York. Real name, David Berkowitz. He shot innocent men and women across the five boroughs. I just bought a... uh a Buick 98 Regency. Brand fucking knew I had it. This only had it two days. I got my cousin Mac in the car, and I pull up to his house, and he's on 74th Street, so I pull into the block. Not on the corner of 14th there, but in 74th Street. Car comes up to start firing into the car. Car with a bunch of guys in. I open up the door, I'm on the floor, I'm grabbing my cousin, I'm pulling him out. I go to get up, I got hit in the chest over here with a bullet. Fucking thing threw me back on my fucking back. I didn't even get a chance to get a shot off. And the car took off. My cousin started, took the gun and started shooting at them. They fucking took off. I'm bleeding over here. 
He gives me his jacket, puts his jacket on me, takes me to Coney Island Hospital. We had a, a car that was licensed, that was registered, there was a bogus registration on it. This way, you know, if they ever seen the numbers, they can't chase back to nobody. And he drops me off at the emergency. They couldn't stay there. You know what I'm saying? All, the thing was, drop them off, you get out of there. Drops me off, the nurses come running in. They're they come running out, and I'm there holding it. They got me. They put me right in the emergency right away. Doctor, next thing I know, doctor says, you're going up to surgery. I woke up, like, later on that night. I woke up. I was all bandaged. I had tubes in me and everything. Doctor takes the tubes out. I see a couple of cops in there in the uniform, right? And I see two guys in suits. I don't know who the fuck these guys are. So two guys in the suits come over to me. They pull out their badges, the FBI. What do you want? He goes, what happened to you? I don't remember. Who did you? I don't remember. Well, you got shot. Well, that's what happened. I said, I don't remember. And they kept asking me, I kept telling, I don't remember. Well, you got to tell us they're going to come back and kill you. If they try to kill you once before, we can protect you and everything like this. They tell me, I said, listen, I don't remember what the fuck happened. I didn't see anybody. I don't even remember hearing anything. The only thing I know is I woke up, I'm in the hospital, I got all you fucking guys around me. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know nothing. I don't remember anything. The doctor comes in. He says, I want you, 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 you. Goes, out of the fucking room now. Go, this is my patient. Anything happens to him, he goes, I'll hold you responsible. He just came out of surgery four hours ago. If he says he doesn't remember, he says that's a common thing that happens, especially after what happened to him. The doctor knew I was fucking lying because the doctor knew us. So the agents leave. What a beautiful coincidence. New York's most wanted was Son of Sam. So maybe it was a good time to whack somebody. Have it blamed on someone else. Either way, the FBI didn't get the information they were looking for. And just for the record, it was only a parking ticket that would eventually lead to the feds tracking this guy down. After their initial manhunts led to nothing. Fascinating stuff. After Anthony was discharged from hospital, it was time to figure out who actually did the shooting. So now we're trying to figure out who the fuck did this? Who's trying to whack me and my cousin? I had a piece of a club on uh, 77th Street, just below 13th Avenue, called the Maximus Club. It was me and Michael Bellino. Michael Bellino was the show from Bodyguard to Alley Boy Persico. So I'm in there, we're drinking, a couple of guys. Like a couple of weeks after. So Travis, who the fuck would do this? A guy from Connecticut I know comes in. He's a bookmaker. Nice guy. Comes into New York all the time. Comes in, he sees me. And he goes, hey, Anthony, how you doing? How you feeling? I says, good. He goes, you know, Anthony, I want you to know I had nothing to do with that. I said, to do with what? And it fucking hit me. He's talking about the fucking hit. I said, what the fuck are you, t- what are you talking about? And he says, are you talking about what happened to me? And he goes, like, oh, I said, yeah, oh, I was right, motherfucker. Let's talk. He goes, well, I heard that there was a hit, but, 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 but. put on you and this, that, and the other thing. And then you can come and fucking tell me. I said, now here's what you're going to fucking do. You're in Connecticut. You said the guys came from Connecticut? He says, yeah. You get me their names, heart, their fucking addresses, their car. I want every fucking thing. I'll give you one week. If I don't have it in one week, I says, I'm going to kill you. I said, you knew they were going to fucking try to whack me and you don't fucking come to me and tell me. Meanwhile, your fucking business is riding on the coattails of my fucking business that I'm backing you with all the fucking money. I came back in four days, the names of everybody. It's four guys. And he turns around and he says, they're friends of Cosmos. 
Cosmo. <laughs> he hadn't learned his lesson from the beating, and now he'd ordered a hit. Anthony was furious and would remonstrate the only way he knew. In the words of Omar Little, when you come at the king, you best not miss. Two guys come into Brooklyn. They were supposed to meet a guy for a dope deal because these guys went to dope. They went on the McDonald Avenue near Avenue U and they were waiting for this guy to come up. And some guy was about maybe 11 o'clock at night or so, some guy comes walking up on the side of the car that they were in. And they're like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? The guy opens up with a shotgun, kills the dope. Two down. Then about a couple of days later, they're up in Connecticut. It was past New Milford area. Anyway, these two guys come walking out, and two guys are walking behind them. These two guys come walking out, and they're walking down. Two guys come walking out behind them. One, the two guys turn around. One of the guys says, what the fuck you guys doing? You following us? What are you, cops or something? The two guys were following them, pulled up their guns, and killed them right there in the street. End of story. The assailants had been dealt with, and swiftly. Now to more pressing matters. Cosmo and his father. There's another sit-down call with Vincenzo. And we go down. He goes, Anthony, we heard about what happened. Blah, blah. We heard that, they, you know, they were friends of my sons. We heard uh, that you want to kill my son. I said, listen, the guy who did it, that's the first of all, I didn't even know your son was involved, which is bullshit because the guy told me. I said, so, now look, I says, I don't know, but the guys are dead. But now you tell me your son was involved. So he looks at me like the old man blew it, so to speak. I said, I'll tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, it's forgotten about. I said, I give you my word. I will not do nothing to your son. My cousin Max says, I give you my word. Nothing will happen to your son. I says, but I don't want him near any of my places. I don't want him in the same spot I'm in. If I walk into a restaurant and he's there, he's got to leave. So Cosmo was going to say something as far as tell him, shut the fuck up. I said, I don't care if he's in there ahead of me. I don't care if he's getting his dick sucked by 10 girls. I walk in, he's got to leave. I said, because if he don't, then I'm going to take it in my head that he's going to try to kill me. I said, then Vincenzo, then me and you aren't going to be friends anymore. I said, I got to speak the truth with you. We're going to know you a long time. I said, because I will take him out. He said, I give you my word. I still will never bother you. He will never be in the same place you're in. And that's it. He's never been in the same place I was in. Goodbye, Cosmo. Some people never learn. Or maybe they're just stupid. Anyway, it was time to launch a movie. Saturday Night Fever went off without a hitch. We made a ton of money with it. Believe me, I tell you, I got a nice, I was getting a nice envelope every week from Charlie. Charlie made a fortune. I wasn't going to bleed him. But after that, the club became famous. You had to wait online every... You take Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, you had to wait online to get into this club. Because this was the original 2001 Odyssey where Saturday Night Fever was made. They left their dance floor in there that they put in, all the decorations, everything. The place was fucking gorgeous. Charlie, believe me, he was very, he was made a ton of, he was a multi-millionaire after that movie. Which he, I mean, he was a nice guy. He deserved it. And that was the end of it with Saturday Night Fever, but we had a lot of fun making it. For all you movie buffs out there, the original release of Saturday Night Fever made $85.2 million at the box office, but only cost roughly $3.5 million to make. Not bad. It was a film that propelled John Travolta from an up-and-coming actor 
to an international superstar. Even to this very day, it remains the best-selling movie soundtrack of all time, over 54 million units to be exact. The BG Staying Alive still gets played by DJs all around the globe, including me. Everyone involved was riding a wave of success, but for Anthony, it was back to the nitty-gritties of the family business. If a farmer's work is never finished, a gangster's got to be in the same boat. Howley Boy had some money with some guys that had a business on Utica Avenue. There was a guy, Sal. There was a guy, Carmine. And I think the other guy's name was either Tommy or Jerry. So he says, Anthony, he says, go up there. He goes, see these guys. Tell them I want my fucking money. They owed him 30000 And they didn't pay no interest on the money for about three weeks. So I'll take care of it. I go up, go to the place. Says, Sal, here, yeah, here's Sal. It's Carmine, here, yeah, here's Carmine. I says, where's, the guy's name is either Tom or something like that. Says, He's not here. Well, there's no guy here by that name. I said, listen, Allie sent me up here. I said, where's his fucking money? So he goes, who the fuck is Allie? Don't play no fucking games with me. You know who Allie is. I want the, I want the fucking money. I want the juice and I want the fucking payout. You're supposed to pay him up in one shot. The guy's giving me a hard time. So Ali says, if he gives you any problem, tell him you could use my name. So I said, it's Ali Persico. Who the fuck is Ali Persico? I said, listen, cocksucker, I'm going to tell you again. Anyway, the guy gets up, uh, Sal, he got all fucking indignant. He goes, I'll bust your fucking jaw. You bust my jaw. He was sitting down, which was his first mistake. On the desk, he had a nameplate. You ever see them wooden nameplates? They look like a triangle. I picked up, I cracked them up, pushed his fucking head over his fucking head. I started beating him. The guy Carmine comes over. I fucking cracked him in the head. I beat these guys unmercifully. I said, I want the fucking money. These guys, all right, all right, I'll give you the money. He opens up the fucking safety guy. It's all cash. I said, give me the 30000 I took the 30000 said, not the interest. I took all the interest. Said, you know what? Fuck you. I took another 10000 for myself. I took ten grand for myself. So now I'm going down to Alley with 30000 plus another 9000 interest. And I took 10 for myself. I'll not be here next week to pick up the interest now. And if I don't get the fucking interest, as I'm going to take him, I'll throw you out the fucking window. These guys were all fucked up. Seems like Tom, or Jerry, or whatever his name was, was lucky not to be around when Hurricane Anthony came crashing through the business. Now Anthony made his way back to the diplomat to report to Ali Boy. So I go back down to the diplomat, and Ali goes, what's going on? I said, here's your 30,000, here's 9,000 interest. So he goes to hand me 3,000. Sally, I took 10,000 from him. He'll take the three. No, he ain't gonna force me. He ain't gonna twist my arm. I'll take it. What the fuck? So I got the 3,000. I said, I'm gonna go up next week and I'm gonna pick up, you know, I'll start making the pickup. He said, okay. Go home. And the next, uh, that night, I'm sorry, later on that night, he calls me up. He says, come to my house. Got my car drives. I said, what's up? He goes, where'd you go today? I said, I went up to the fucking place on Utica Avenue. You told me to. I said, Carmine was there and Sal was there. Yeah, I gave them a beat, but the other guy wasn't there. He goes, you cut. I said, yeah, I took the money from these guys. Why? He goes, you went to the wrong place. <laughs> I, looked, I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. He goes, you went to the wrong fucking place. I said, I'm fucking. I said, I'll go there next week and pick up the fucking juice anyway. He said, you can't. He goes, they'll have you fucking arrested. I said, yeah, good point. He goes, tomorrow... You're going to go out to Bay Ridge. 
where the cannon is on 96th Street, 98th Street, rather, where they got the cannon overlooking the water. Because you're going to meet Sal over there. He's going to give you the money. He's going to give you the interest. It's okay. So I go and I meet this guy, Sal. This guy's fucking shaking. They all heard about what happened the night before. He hands me 30000 and another 9000 in the interest. Okay. He goes, Anthony, this is for you. He hands me seven grand. What do you mean for me? He goes, we don't want no problem. Right, I got 7000 bucks. So now I got 10000 I got 7000 And I got another fucking uh, 3000 from Ali. I got 20 fucking grand in less than 24 hours for doing really, what, for beating up two fucking guys? Now I go back to the diplomat and I go, Ali, here's the 30, here's the 9000 he turns around, he gives me another $3,000. I tell him, he goes, Anthony, I got the six, he goes, I got my 30000 back. I got another 30000 I got another six. I got another six. It looks kind of better than me. And plus the guy, the guy says, you don't have to come pick up the, the money. The interest says he'll make sure he delivers it personally down here every week because they don't want to see you. Carmine and Sally, common names for Italian-Americans in the 70s. In a world long before Google Maps, a mistake like this was incredibly possible. Luckily for Anthony, he was the one giving out the beating and not receiving it. And he calls me back, Allie. He says, come here. I said, what? He said, what are you doing tonight? I said, I'm going to go out. He goes, here's another 3000 I said, Allie, what are you, nuts? Take the fucking money, he says. I got $26,000 for beating the two of the wrong fucking guys. Allie always used to tell me, like Maya used to tell me, always fly under the radar. He goes, let everybody think what they want. Let them think you're stupid. Let them think you're a fool. But when the smoke clears, he says, you're going to be the last man standing. They're all going to have a laugh. Ali always kept me under his wing, kept me low key. And that's the way he wanted it. All the other guys used to walk around. Yeah, his cousins. He goes, fuck them all. He says, I'm telling you what we're going to do. And he did the right thing with me, Ali. I never had any problems with him. And Jerry Lang also always did the right thing with me. They say, stay low. Let them all think what they want, but when they needed something special to be done, I was the guy they called. Some wise words. Keep your head down and don't draw attention to yourself. That's the secret of success in this caper. Next time on The Enforcer. My friend Dominic Bayon came to me one day. And he says, listen, I was like, I got this guy, Ed Koch. He goes, he's going to run for mayor. If we get him in, he's a week of run the city. The Enforcer is a Podular Media production in conjunction with 360DMG and recorded at Carpe VM Studios, New York. All music copyright is owned by Epidemic Sound. Narration, storyboarding and audio production by Rob Crawford. Scripting and storyboarding by Adrian Horton. Interviewing and research by Robert Huxley. On-site recordings from Charles De Beneditis, Rod Marcus, Rod Nunez and Jeff Rowell. The Enforcer is based on When the Bullet Hits the Bone, the amazing and possibly true life story of the last Mafia Enforcer. All accounts and claims are that of Anthony Raimondi.